Hey, great day. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I have a huge announcement. We are bringing back the Abundant CEO Private Practice Bootcamp. This is a three-day virtual party that I'm inviting all mental health therapists that either want a private practice in the next six to 12 months, or you already have had a private practice, maybe for the last year, five years, or even over a decade, but you want to understand wealth and cash flow in your company. You want to learn how to show up as a CEO and work more on your business versus in your business. Maybe you want to assess the health and the wealth of your current or future private practice to really see if you're on the right path to increasing your revenue, to growing your practice, maybe to streams of income later, or maybe even a group practice. Bottom line is you will walk away from this three-day bootcamp clarifying and understanding your niche, understanding how to show up as an abundant CEO, and most importantly, assessing the health of what you believe is a profitable private practice. So head down to the show notes and go to the link drtk.com forward slash links and sign up for the bootcamp. I'll see you there. Now let's head into the podcast episode. Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant tools to help you become the CEO of your business and life. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist working for a government agency and being a professor for over 18 years into building a multi six-figure mental health business and seven-figure digital product business and doing what I love. Now, I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, great day, great day. Welcome back to the podcast show. And so this is your host, Dr. TK. I know it has been a while since I have uploaded a new podcast episode outside of some um, YouTube live streams that I have placed on the podcast, because I also know that some people do not go and watch the YouTube channel. Maybe you didn't even know that I had a YouTube channel, but now you do. Um, But today's a very special topic. It is something that I have been discussing with my team. Uh, Per the title of this episode, we are going to be talking about the dip and what the dip means. I will be sharing some business and just whole life experiences as it relates to when I gave myself permission to bow out of things, opportunities gracefully. And then I also plan on taking the information that I share with you today and then diving a lot deeper. So before we get started, one thing that I wanted to share with you is, um, you know, the goal that I have for my company moving into this year. I shared a little bit about it on one of the YouTube lives, but I've been, of course, bringing back some product lines or service lines that I had done in the past as I have listened to my audience. So I do have a podcast episode that's going to be dedicated on products that we have stopped or paused on. I'm going to talk about about um, where our product line is in the future as it relates to coaching programs, communities, and just a whole lot of other things. But I thought to set the tone of even those discussions, you know, is why I wanted to talk about the book, The Dip. 
Okay. And so let's go ahead and jump into it. Today's episode is going to focus on five key things or objectives or big takeaways that I thought I would share with our podcast community because I've already shared it with the team. They had some big aha moments once I, of course, reframed and broke down, you know, what it meant to quit something. Now I'm gonna keep it 100. My team kind of freaked out. My husband is part of the team. We have an admin. And when they uh, saw the title in Slack, because all you can see is like the title of my video from like a Loom video of me telling them what the dip is, they kind of freaked out a little bit. They got a little anxious, like, oh my God, what are we about to quit? Are we quitting everything? Is it, you know, is the business closing? Like they didn't know what to think because I actually Don't use that word. And so let's go into the dip. The dip is written by a guy named Seth Godin. Um, This was my very first time tuning into the book. And I say tuning in because I did listen to the audible version. I actually listened to it my whole workout. And then I came home and I finished the book while I was eating my breakfast. The audible, I believe is no more than like an hour and a half. So with me being in the gym during leg day for about I don't know, 70 minutes after walking on the treadmill as well. I took so many freaking notes that I was like, I'm definitely going to have to um, choose to buy the physical book on Amazon so I can get my highlighter, get my sticky notes. But I also just want to read the book again, because sometimes when you listen and or read something for the first time, even though I can definitely relate to a lot of the things that he was referencing in the book, I want to read it again because something different, I am sure is going to hit. So when I initially started listening to the book, it was referenced in a video podcast on YouTube, um, a guy that I had been listening to for a while. Uh, His name is Graham Cochran, and he does a lot of stuff on Kajabi. That's how I originally found him, but he does a lot of stuff related to the online business space. So when he started talking about the references in this book, I'm like, man, I think I'm gonna have to go tune into that book because whatever he was saying in his podcast It related to the season that we are in in our company. And I'm going to say the word I, the way that I am feeling as being the CEO and president of the company, right? So when you look at the term, the big dip, the whole biggest takeaway is understanding that you have a gift. Your goal, I hope, is to be the best at what you do. So one of the taglines that he had mentioned and some of the things that he's going to say, I'll pretty much like, you know, break it down into my own words and paraphrase it as he said, you know, if your goal is to be the best in the world at what you do, then you will need to quit some things so that you can put your energy where it needs to be. And that was really like the very first introduction in the book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to like stop this book from playing in my ear. This is, this is great. You know? So I'm going to share five major components of my takeaways. And then in between, of course, I will add some examples and then I'll wrap up by going into a little bit about what's been going on in our company with how we're moving into 2024, especially in these unpredictable times. And then I'm also going to break down some additional things in future podcast episodes. So my very first takeaway or objective from the book was understanding what the dip is. So the definition of the dip is a period of hardship or intense challenge where one's commitment 
to something for us, it'll be business today is tested. Now, clearly this book can be relatable to your career, to relationships, family, relationship with finances, just anything that you have a commitment to this book can apply. And that's why I said when I first started listening to it, I was just listening to it. And then products and services started to pop up in my idea into my mind. And I realized that I should really, or I can really be listening to this and making it more applicable right away versus listening to it two to three times and then try to break it down. So that is the definition, a period of hardship or intense challenge where someone's commitment is tested. So when I look at the dip, I look at how my time is being spent, right? Um, One of the things that they talk about in various parts of the book is that you should not stay in a dip too long. And also, if you recognize that you're in a dip, you want to be able to distinguish between, especially if you feel like you want to get out, you want to be able to distinguish between short-term and long-term um, gratification or consequences. And it comes, that comes really later in the book, the short-term versus long-term, but I'm going to pull that into the conversation right now. So for example, if there was a situation or a product and I just felt like, oh, I want to quit. It's not working out. I want to ask myself, am I quitting out of fear or honestly laziness, or I don't want to put in the work or am I quitting because I can't literally get out of this dip and I have proof. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, We launch our signature program, the Dope Therapist Academy private practice program throughout the year. Um, One of the things that we had stopped back in 2022 is one day masterclasses, aka webinars, even though I was doing them on YouTube live. Now, don't get me wrong. We were getting sales. People were signing up for our program through a one day, 75 minute masterclass. People were holding on to the very end and tuning into the entire workshop, even up to sometimes 90 minutes, which I was very amazed. However, I did not feel aligned with only having one day to present some information to a group of individuals in which a lot of therapists, let's be real, they have not invested in themselves beyond what's required to keep their license or maybe to become certified in something that they're adding to their title, such as an evidence-based practice or, you know, they're expanding their business. But nevertheless, a lot of therapists don't invest in coaching. They'll buy a book. They may buy a self-paced course. They may buy a downloadable workbook, but a lot of therapists don't invest in business coaching, or they don't even know that certain types of business coaching actually exists. So moving into this year, I had thought, you know what? The three-day boot camps or sometimes the four-day boot camps, if it was a special time of year, like my anniversary month in private practice is in July, we typically have a longer um, launch phase. I decided to talk to my team about, you know, what are your thoughts about having a one day workshop? Because the reason why we decided to look into that is that when we start paying attention to the data, and again, we don't know if it was a time of year, the people who were attracted to the boot camp or three day boot camp at that time, we started noticing that there was a decline with the views and replays on day two and three of our boot camp. So, what that meant is that when we went back and looked at the data, because we track our metrics, we recognized that there was hundreds, if not thousands of people watching day one, but people would not tune into day two or three. But the crazy part is it's not like, because we know we can look at our content, but 
we had crazy, like in a good way, a lot of comments like, oh my God, this was transformational, you know, et cetera. So it's not like people weren't getting the value out of day one. And it's not like they couldn't go and watch the replay for an additional 10 days because the way that our launches were set up is that we would go live within a week, maybe a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I may potentially go live on Friday to do a Q&A. We would open up sometimes early bird if we had special, um, you know, special offers. And then we would open up enrollment the following Monday. So that meant that they were able to review the replay from Monday or whatever the day it went live all the way until the end of the following week. That's almost 14 days, right? But we just noticed continuously going back to look at our metrics on YouTube, a lot of people were not watching the replays. Now they were opening up the emails. So I said, well, Maybe people's attention span is not as long. Maybe, you know, people have to work. Maybe it's out of sight, out of mind. I'm not sure. But I'm not clearly going to do away with boot camps. So we can still have that on the books. But because we don't have anything planned in the beginning of January, why don't we try and all of us agree to try out a one day masterclass? So how this is related to the topic of the dip of a period of intense challenge is that some may say, well, you did it one time. So if it didn't work out the way that you wanted to do it again, but because I had had years of doing a lot of one day webinars, and I know the times are different, right? But the fact that I have data to compare it to, even if I look at the first day of a bootcamp experience, the show rate and the replay rate was low. The open rate to our emails did increase, but on the day that they were supposed to be opening up the emails, even for enrollment in our program, when we opened up uh, enrollment, that was low. So I don't just get out of a dip. Let me just explain this short term versus long term. Short term would be it's your very first time doing a online masterclass. You have nothing to compare it to. One person shows up out of 20 that signed up or 30 people show up out of 100 people that sign up, whatever the metrics are, you recognize that it's not going in the direction that you would like. Because you have nothing to compare it to unless you are out of love with your product idea and it's not because of how you feel because people didn't show up the way that you imagine because it's your first time doing it. If you get out of the dip, that is more for short-term relief. And that is not healthy for your business because that means that every single time that you try something new and it doesn't work in your favor and you've never tried it before, if you keep quitting like that, you're just going to have a whole lot of unfinished projects versus the example that I'm giving is this is our fifth year launching this program. This is my fourth year launching a masterclass. I have over 15, (laughs) um, way over types of masterclasses that I've done for this program. And because we measure our metrics and we keep them on Excel sheets, I told my team, one, Let's keep it real. I'm not aligned with only meeting with them one time. I like when they get to know each other. Now, granted, we also had a Telegram group. We noticed that the Telegram group wasn't popping like it has been in the past. Now, we did make a shift from a Facebook group to a Telegram group, more because the Telegram group is more, um, it's easier and more simplified to get started, especially if we're having enrollment periods throughout the year. We would have to set up a different Facebook group every single time. And it's just a lot of steps. And so I was just trying to simplify it also for my team. But we also have other communities in Telegram where, where it's popping off. And so I said, 
I don't know. Something is off. It may be the cohort of people. I'm not sure. But the bottom line is I'm not aligned throughout this entire process. So with that said, on the second day of enrollment for the academy, I told the team, we're going to finish this out. We'll see if anybody has any questions. I'll pop in a Telegram group. We'll do polls. We'll do Q&A if they have questions, but nobody even asked any questions. So I was like, you know what? This is our last time doing this. And then when I talked to the team and then I actually shared the metrics to support, even the way that I felt, they were able to get on board and say, we're just going to stick to the boot camps. We will up the frequency of the boot camps. We're not going to have like a lot of them in a month, of course, because a boot camp is it, it, it draws out a lot of energy, right? But I love doing the boot camp. I love the community and I love meeting with people kind of like a class multiple times. So I wanted you to understand that when you look at a dip, it's very critical for you to understand if you want to get out, are you getting out for short-term or for long-term consequences? So for me, it was more if I stay in the dip, it would be hurting my business long-term. Hope that you got that, okay? Number two, And we'll just keep going with this example that I gave just so it'll be easier for you to follow along. Number two is the takeaway was when to stick and when to quit. So what he talked about in the book was that winners quit actually all the time. Successful people quit things if it's not working in their favor for the long-term goal of whatever they're working on, personal or business, they will quit. They just quit the right stuff at the right time. So he explored concepts in the book about strategic quitting versus reactive quitting. And strategic quitting would be, as I mentioned, instead of me going off my emotion, because I wanted to check myself to make sure I wasn't letting my ego just take over and not my higher self, I went and looked at the metrics. Now, I can't make the metrics appear right? I can see if nothing had gotten started yet. And then I started thinking about, oh, this is not going to work. But we went in it believing that it was going to work. I showed up to the masterclass. I was fired up and things like that, right? But at the end of the day, I was looking at, okay, if we do choose to quit this type of launch strategy, I want to be able to present it to my team in a way where they also don't think I'm doing it out of fear or my ego getting out of hand. And if it was the case, that would be considered what he calls reactive quitting. Reactive quitting is, as I mentioned earlier, like if you did a masterclass, uh, I really wanted like 25 people to show up, only six showed up, and you're not really in a state of gratitude of those six people even showing up. And then, and for me, I was looking at a state of alignment. For you, you're just looking at it as I didn't get what I wanted. That's That's throwing a business owner temper tantrum, right? So you're being reactive and that is not healthy for whatever you need to either stick with and or leave. So know when to stick and know when to quit. Number three is you have to be able to identify the dip, okay? So there are different dips that he talks about. Clearly the dip is the dip, but then he also talks about two different other variations within the dip. One of them is called the cliff. The cliff is you're leading to failure, Think about you standing on a cliff and you're deciding if you want to jump or stay on there. You got to make a decision. Okay, so that's one type of situation that you may have to face when you are in the dip um, or approaching the dip. Another thing that he focused on is the cul-de-sac. 
Okay, so he defined the cul-de-sac as a dead end. So a dead end would be we go and change our subject lines. We go and change our messaging. We do a video in Telegram. We post a poll in Telegram. Let's just say, for example, like I did um, with some of my other programs that I'll talk about in future podcast episodes, we try to do things with small tweaks where it wasn't big changes because you want to be able to track what change predicted like the outcome that you have. But also we made some changes based off of what our clientele had stated that they would like in certain programs or um, like if we had live events, what days of the week, what time of year will work better, price point, all those things. So I've had products and services out there in the public where we've made so many shifts where I end up having to tell my team in 2023 that, listen, we can take the horse to the water, but we can't make the horse drink. At the end of the day, as much feedback as I get from different programs, I know that I cannot please everyone. And I also know that in the coaching industry, as long as I know that I delivered epic and thorough information, which I know I do all the time, I over deliver. It is up to the person to either take note and ask questions about clarification, apply what they're learning to implement it and see results, and be able to become resourceful and go you know, get the other pieces to the puzzle because I'm also a person where I don't have the answers to all things or the program that you're in. This is the thing that we're facing right now. The program you're in doesn't cover what you're requesting. So for example, one of the things that we've ran into in our private practice academy is that that program is to help you build out your system so that you can attract one-on-one clients. We do give bonuses related to putting your services out there in the public so that you can do the same thing you do in your solo practice. And then you can go out and potentially pitch yourself to an organization, but that's not something we teach. We just give them access to a free workshop with the strategies that I use, but they have to become resourceful to either learn how to do it on their own, which may take a while, or I give opportunities to do other things with other programs that we have that focus on scale, which is one to many. So we actually have a scale program where we teach those clinicians who have come out of that academy program to now go and pitch themselves to community organizations, nonprofits, corporations, schools. But the academy is focused on solo private practice, one-on-one clients and systems, not getting government contracts. That is not even my scope of practice. So one thing that we, throughout the year, I'm not going to say constantly have to remind our clientele, depending on the program that they're in, is that this is a great question. I can answer if I can this part of the question, but ultimately what they're going to find themselves if they don't become resourceful is in a dead end. Okay, so that's identifying what kind of dip you're in. Are you actually all the way in the dip? Are you in the cliff about to go into the dip or are you in a cul-de-sac? Okay. number four is you want to understand the benefits of pushing through the dip. So you want to look at are you able to endure the dip? Because I know that it would lead you to, if you're aligned with it, right, it would it would lead you to being the best in the world with whatever you, you know, you choose to do, whether it's the best parent, um, the best employee, the best 
provider, if you're a mental health provider or a realtor or a nurse, whatever you do, right? You're the best at what you do. So sometimes what tends to happen when people don't want to stay in the dip is that they go into a state of their ego freaking out and they go into a, a, a like a lack mindset, also known as poverty mindset or scarcity. So if I don't get it all done right now, it's never going to happen. If I don't get these people to sign up for my program or opt into my stuff, I'm never going to be successful. It's like you want immediate results. But I want you to think back to a time where you felt like, oh my gosh, this journey is so long. But now when you look back on the hindsight, not saying that I wasn't long, but you thought back then you were, you would never get through it and you withheld yourself to go through it. You persevered, you were resilient. Why is that? What was it because of what was at the end of the tunnel? So question, if you're, for example, we're in a season of teaching people how to launch simple digital products. If you're learning how to launch a digital product, our first community call may talk about what are the four phases of a launch? I may have somebody, because we haven't had it yet at the time of this recording, right? It's actually tonight. So I'm pre-recording this episode. So we may have somebody that wants to know how to build out a whole coaching program. And I'm like, well, let's go back to one. What is your product idea? What problem do you solve? Who is your audience? Can't answer that. I can't even start talking about a coaching program. After we figure out those three, then we're going to look at, based on the solution to your problem, what value do you add? Do you have a framework? to your product or service, especially if it's a service or an online course or a coaching program. A framework is showing somebody how they can get from the problem they have to the transformation they want in a stepwise, you know, aggression or, you know, situation. So all of my programs have a framework, which means that when people come in, they know because it's multiple stages, they're not going to learn all those steps on one call. Okay. So if, if that's your mindset, then you're more on the trend of a, I'm going to say a get rich quick scheme. And those don't last. You burn out. Or do you want to focus on being excellent, being great? Because if you look back hindsight and you look back at a situation that you felt like you weren't going to get out of and you're now you're stronger than ever, even though there may have been mindset work that needed to be done or, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, you became a better person. You learn from that experience. So it doesn't have to take that long, however long that situation took in order for you to push through the dip. But I just want you to know that you can push through the dip. Okay. now the last one, number five, is developing the tenacity to overcome the dip. You have to stay motivated. You have to stay focused if you want what's at the other end. Okay. so, you know, we start things when we're passionate. And the thing about passion is that when we start something new, we're excited and it's fun. But there's something that happens between excitement and mastery called the dip. And the book talks about that very statement. When you start something exciting, it's fun. But you notice that you hit a dip and a dip could happen in a week. It could happen in a year or a couple of years. But when you're trying to master something and you have to get uncomfortable and learn something new, that's when you have to remember how passionate you are about the product or service that you're offering or the marriage that you want or the marriage that you're repairing or becoming a parent or parenting, whatever the focus may be for you. You have to remember why you got into that situation to begin with. What did you want? What was your vision? And how have you overcome challenges in the past? And can you take some of those strategies and apply it now? Or do you need help with learning new strategies. And that's where 
therapy or coaching or courses or books come in, right? So you want to know that everything that you do is going to require a journey from you. Now, the length of the journey can vary based on what you are working on. So I'll give you an example as a mental health provider, a psychologist, right? Because I have different hats. I wear a mom, a wife and all the things. But let's just look at what I'm known for as a clinical psychologist plus a therapist business coach is that, you know, if we had to weed out the people who were focused on short term success and if they didn't get it their way, it was no way. Those would be people who would, if you wanted to become a clinical psychologist that requires a doctorate degree, those are the people who wouldn't even take upper division undergrad classes. They would have stopped. They would have switched their major because either they're not aligned or they're not committed. But when I look at the journey of actually all people who were required to do any type of internship hours, I don't you know really care what your trade was, but if you had to do any type of internship work, free work, multiple classes, trainings for months, years, applying for different sites every year, right? Doing internships, externships, practicum, postdoc. There's so much terminology when it comes down to mastering our craft. When you think about going through that process, ask yourself, why did I do it? Most of us, I hope, did not do it for someone else. You did it because it was something that you wanted at the finish line. And that is how you were able to finish People who were not committed and they didn't want it bad enough, they quit while they were in the dip. So an example of the dip at the doctoral level would be somebody went that whole time throughout school, but when it was time to write and finish that dissertation and defend it, they just kept making up excuses. So what is that student called in our in our field? It's called ABD, all but dissertation. You may have even, depending on the structure of your program, went out and did a pre-doc internship, but now you can't even call yourself a doctor or a psychologist because you've spent the last five to seven years thinking about a dissertation topic, writing a little bit, but not actually finishing the process, okay? So one quote that I want to leave you with that I shared with our um, digital product community is, it is easy becoming a CEO. It is harder staying there. It is easy becoming a CEO. It is harder to stay a CEO. So let me know, how did you like this book review? I hope that by sharing, you know, my, or some, because it's not all of them, but I hope by sharing like my five key takeaways from the book that this would encourage you either to check it out on Audible or Amazon. I would love to hear from you. What was your biggest takeaway? Hop over in the DMs on Instagram. And I would love to know who's tuning in because that's the only thing at least about my public podcast feed. I don't know who's listening. All I know is maybe where people are in the country or the state, right? But outside of that, beyond a download map, you know, I don't know who people are. And so I would love to connect with you. If you could, if you feel like somebody is in a dip of any sort, I would love for you to share this podcast resource with them. And if you want to see any podcasts that have workshops along with it or certain podcast episodes, I do take 
over to YouTube, then you can go to drtk.com forward slash links. The link is in the show notes. It will show you everything that I have to offer, um, including any type of virtual, you know, parties that we do for our private practice community. You'll also find out information on the digital side hustle club that we started in the beginning of 2024. So if you are an entrepreneur and you don't have to be a therapist for the club and you want to launch your first digital product, um, at a very simple, you know, level, right? We're not talking about anything complex yet, right? In that program, then go ahead and check it out, you know, by going to that link. Um, we do sometimes throughout the year have trial periods where you can get in for a no brainer, um, entry rate. And then after you try it out, then you can become a monthly member. And we have monthly calls that focus on things like, what is a launch? What are the phases of the launch? I do a lot of active learning where I don't just share something, but I want them to apply it in the moment, even if they, you know, enhance it or tweak it later when they get off the call. We have a Telegram community where we engage throughout the month. And then depending on what we are focusing on, I may bring on a guest speaker and it could be a guest speaker from the community because some people in this program have done other programs with me in which they have been successful and they come back to get refreshers. And so um, I would love to see you in the the digital side hustle club. If you want to add on a, uh, you know, a digital side stream of income to your bank account. And just remember, it doesn't have to be anything super, super big. I am going to dedicate a future episode to why I brought digital products back to my product line, but how it looks differently versus what I was doing before. And I think that that would alleviate some people's anxiety about what is a digital product and how can they launch something that they probably have in their arsenal, AKA your phone or your computer already. So I can't wait to drop these upcoming podcast episodes. Um, But, oh, I have one more juicy thing to share with you. Um, I am in a season where I am very much open again. We used to do this all the time. Um, I want to hear certain podcast questions from you. I would love to feature your podcast question on the audio podcast or even potentially on the workshop YouTube podcast. All you have to do is go to the drtk.com forward slash links. It's the same link in the um, on my Instagram bio, but if you go there, there is a podcast submission. The only thing that I ask is that you be very specific with your question. So I give a little blurb about, give me a little intro of who you are. So don't link up like, oh, here's my Instagram profile. Read about me. Just tell me who you are. It's like, you know, are you a stay at home mom? Are you a mental health therapist? Are you a psychology student? Are you a realtor? Are you a teacher? What kind of teacher? Give me a little two sentence blurb about who you are so that I can keep that within the context of how I can answer your question. If your question needs more clarification, my team will reach out to you. So make sure to be as detailed as possible. And if for whatever reason, um, it is based on a recent episode that I've recently done, I will also just share that resource with you so that we can get that question answered right away. But yeah, we're taking podcast submissions and I'm really excited to add that back to the podcast community. All right. So I will see you in the next episode. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now, I know that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, please head over to our resource page at drtk.com forward slash links for additional abundant resources. Until the next episode, live intentionally abundant.